There's this girl. Someone who can't be mine. It's hard to say what you know when you found it. You didn't know that it's all you've been waiting. It's the sort of thing that happens in a dream, it's not in real life. All these years. What happens next to the dream? Never thought I would ever feel like this. So life so full of harmony. I live in Notting Hill, you live in Beverly Hills. So free. I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Hi, welcome to our podcast to all the rom coms I've loved before. I'm Helia. And I'm Mary. So to our new listeners, uh, this is a, sh- epi- um, a show where we discuss classic romantic comedies. We'll give a brief recap, followed by an assessment of the scenes, characters, and then at the end of the show, we'll uh, conclude with our favorite moments and any lingering questions. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Jen. Jen, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Jen. I am Mary's sister. Um, I'm excited. I've watched rom-coms all my life, um, <laughs> but never listened to a podcast all my life, so um, it will be interesting. We're, we're talking this the will, podcast cherry. So this speak. will definitely be an interesting episode. So today we're going to talk about Notting Hill. And I know um, this Jen, why don't you, why, I'm going to let you in, talk, introduce the film, actually. Jen actually um, wanted to do this film, so. Yeah, so Notting Hill, it's a classic Julia Roberts film. I categorize it with other Julia films like My Best Friend's Wedding um, and Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one's got Hugh Grant alongside, which everyone mm-hmm. loves. So that's a, uh, Mary, why don't you give us the recap? Yeah, so this is, this is something that can probably be recapped in a few lines. There's not much to the synopsis in any of the reviews, but I will, I, I choose um, Ebert's for this one. Well, of course, the moment we see Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant together on the screen, we want to see them snogging, but a romantic comedy like Notting Hill is about delaying the inevitable. After all, they live in two different worlds. Her character, Anna, is one of the most famous movie stars in the world. His character, William, runs a modest little travel bookshop in London. We know they're destined for each other, but we're always quicker to see these things than the characters are. Ah, I thought that was cute. And also remind me a little bit of, we just did You've Got Mail, which is also about a bookshop. Yeah. Owners. Yeah, what is it? What is it about rom-coms and bookstores? I don't know. So, and they mentioned Meg Ryan in this movie. So in some ways, it's a spiritual sequel to our second episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so that's, that's a little brief synopsis. So uh, we're actually going to introduce um, a little mini uh, sub-segment, if you will, with um, ratings. So Mary, how did, what did the critics have to say about yeah, this Yeah, so this was a very well-reviewed, if not excellently reviewed movie. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it three stars and had a lot of positive things to say. It seemed like if there was one thread in the movies, it was that, you know, it's predictable somewhat, but that's romantic comedies. And I actually thought there were a couple twists in this. The, the relationship has a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. I personally thought 
Um, one thing I thought was kind of funny in the New York Times review, they said the most unrealistic thing in the movie is a famous movie star browsing in a little bookstore by herself. <laughs> no yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the film review from New York Times I have here. The most romantic notion in Notting Hill is that a Hollywood star of Julie Roberts' wattage would be out alone browsing for a book. But I don't know, I could see it. And even Julie Roberts herself was interviewed for this movie and she was like, I could see this kind of story happening. It's She's, not yeah. sunglasses and a hat. Yeah. She's kind of low-key. Yeah, and sure. actually it's funny you say that, Jen, because I feel like there were so many instances, we can talk about this later, where people did not know who she was because they just quickly, you know, the bookstore um, co-worker leaving while she came in. Yeah. Uh, oh, good coming, coming in when she, not really looking at her. Max yeah. making dinner and not really looking. Like, if you don't look at her for too quickly, you don't know she's this huge star. Yeah, because she did a good job hiding herself. And I do feel like celebrities, yeah. like, they try and get those little quiet moments. Maybe that's why she went into this, like, she's like, okay, there's this, like, low-key bookstore. Yes. I'll just go in because, like, no one's really going to be in there. I think that's a really good point. So yeah, I don't know. What would you guys give it in terms of stars? Do you agree with three? If we're saying, I think it's out of five. I'm biased. I love that. I loved it. So it's <laughs> gonna get five in my book. Yeah, I go five too. I think. Uh, yeah, I love it. So those. I'll I get four and a half. And the only reason, hear me out. The reason I would do the half is because I felt like I. I felt like they could have really teased out more. Like, we all know why Hugh Grant fell in love with Julia Roberts. Yes. But we know why William yes. fell in love with Anna. But, like, why did Anna... Like, later, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, why she'd fall for him. But initially, yes. why... I just can't... Like, why did she kiss him that first time? I know. <laughs> I, I think that's Okay, I think I have a counter-argument, but we'll get into that. We'll I, get it, yeah. I just yeah. say that for that reason, I felt like I could have teased it out. Um, I think a he, bit. Just, he just did such a good job of being nervous around her, but still being somewhat confident. I I can see why she's like respectful, I guess, trying to do his best. Yeah, I see yeah. that. But I guess, well, another thing to consider, yeah, I'm like countering my, I'm like arguing with myself, <laughs> is um, I did read in the trivia that um, the movie was originally three hours long. Yes! And I so actually, apparently, I guess a lot got cut out. Yeah. So I'd I, like to think that. I can see also there's so many secondary characters. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut out characters or made characters less of a story. You know, you could have had more of a backstory with the Will and the best friend that he dated and her husband. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So I mean, that's a really good um transition or immediate reaction. So, Jen, how? How old were you approximately when you first saw the movie and when you rewatched it now, what was your like immediate reaction rewatching it? So I guess I was like early teens, maybe 12, 11 when I yeah. first saw the movie. Came out when I was six, but I definitely didn't see it at age No, six. I don't think we saw it at 99. Um, yeah, and yeah, I loved it when I came out and I hadn't seen it probably in about five years. Um, rewatched it again, like loved, like laughed at all the same things I laughed at before. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like why didn't why so did, yeah, why didn't I remember this line or that? That's um, a hallmark of a very good movie when you laugh, yes. you know. Laugh again. Yes. Yeah, laughing by myself watching a movie that I've already seen I, like, before. I laughed a lot too, and I've definitely seen it before. Yeah, and I I forgot all about Spike's lines. Like I feel like I remember some of Hugh Grant's lines better, and I don't know if it's just the accent or yeah. something, but um Spike's lines I forgot too. He's like groovy, you know, just the way he said things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, had, he had more of a part than I remembered, yeah. Mary, how about you? What was your immediate reaction to rewatching yeah, it? 
I would say similar. I mean, I also am very nostalgic to this film. I don't think I saw it when it first came out, but I thought, I think I saw it when I was fairly young, maybe like preteen or something. I think I saw it with my mom. And I just always remember her kind of commenting the same comments whenever we watch a movie at the same parts. So like, you know, I love, I love the scene at the end when, he, you know, they're walking out of the limo at the movie premiere or something. And my mom's oh. like, she always says, he's such a good actor. Look at him. He looks so shy. Like he's not a big movie star himself. So I remember that for my first time watching it. And I really liked this movie. I didn't mind its length, which was unusual for me because I usually like only an hour and a half kind of long rom-com. But this, yes. this one really flies by. And um, I'm sure I saw it kind of pre-YouTube era. And then I remember once I got YouTube, this was one of the first movies that I would like rewatch my favorite parts online. Like if I didn't have, if I didn't have time, but I wanted to like have a feel good moment, I'd like yeah. I'd watch the garden scene or I'd rewatch the dinner party scene. Um, or I'd rewatch- Wait, that makes me feel so good that you do that because I definitely do that too. Oh yeah. And I thought oh, it was the yeah. only one. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's something about this movie, you know, even though it's probably not relatable at all in the sense that, you know, some of the rom-coms I think we're going to talk about could happen in real life, could happen to us. This is total fantasy, but it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. And it has two, I think, true movie stars. Like, Hugh Grant and Julie Roberts have such star power. Even if the script weren't as good as it is, this would be, like, a really watchable movie, I think. Oh, yeah. I also yeah. fall asleep during movies, but I didn't fall asleep <laughs> during this one, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't typically fall asleep during movies, but I did fall asleep last night and we tried to watch Outer Banks, so there's that. That was trash. That was bad. <laughs> All right, uh, what did you think, Elia? First time watching uh, it? Yeah, it was actually my first time watching it. I do remember my parents watching it. I must have been, like, 10. And for some reason, like, I just didn't think I'd be interested in it at the time. And I think it's because, like, it's, if my parents are watching it, it wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, that's how cool it um, <laughs> I did remember certain scenes that I must have, like, been in the room for. Yeah. Or, like, maybe I was in the room the whole time and not paying attention. Like, I was, like, yeah. reading a book or something. Um, but watching it now, I was, like, oh, I, I mean, it was really heartwarming. It, it made me I, – I loved it. And I actually thought, like, I started watching it last night. I was, like, okay, I'm going to watch an hour yeah. tonight and then an hour in the morning. And I ended up watching the whole thing. I was going to say, I don't know how Yeah, split it up. It's so good. It was so good. I, like, couldn't stop. And oh, it did you. have a, you kind of talked about the movie star thing, and, like, it's not, it's a little bit of a dream. And But that felt really nice right now, like, to kind of yeah. have this fantasy, and I think, yeah. like, having this dream, like, this, um, I mean, fantasy come true, and it's like, you know, everyone has that maybe that moment where something you not wouldn't expect in a million years to happen just yes. happens yes. and your heart flutters and like you're like is this real life like yeah totally um and it's kind of nice to have that feeling happen um I don't know for a little bit yeah it's at first I was surprised when you said you hadn't seen it because this movie was um written by Richard Curtis who was like huge British rom-com writer like he did I think Bridget Jones he did Love Actually did Four Weddings and a Funeral oh, um but I remember when like you and I Helia and I um told our friends we were doing this next for the episode a lot of people were like oh I haven't seen that or I saw that once a while ago so I feel like it's not as well known as maybe yeah. Love Actually or some of those other movies. Now it's like over 20 years old because even the comments right. on the YouTube videos of the, me re-watching re my favorite clips, <laughs> it's like someone's like, oh, you know, I saw this when I was 18, like, uh, 
sorry to the people that don't know what this is and like god, god bless the people that <laughs> have seen this <laughs> so hell yeah thankfully you're not in that number anymore you've seen this <laughs> I'm not um, there anymore. I will, you know, it's interesting you listing these other movies because of them, the only one I'd actually seen was Love Actually. Yeah. And that one I saw later, I saw that in college yeah, for the yeah. first time. So I think there's this like almost like maybe some of the rom-com lovers out there I and maybe the people that who you were referencing who also hadn't seen it just like hadn't been as much exposed to the British rom-com. I think probably part of it. Love Actually for some reason transcends. I mean, I feel like uh, parents like that movie, bros like that movie, like, they, I think yeah. both even did an article once, like, if there's one wrong from this is like, it's, it's Love Actually. Yeah, but actually I'm in the same boat. I, I hadn't seen anything besides Love Actually because other than very recently, my family and I watched Four Weddings on Hulu, and we didn't like it as much, and then Bridget Jones I, I still haven't seen. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like Love Actually may be transcend because it's also a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, true. It's yeah. actually a really good point. Yeah. And then he had some other ones that weren't as big of movies. Um, About Time with Rachel McAdams. Yes, oh, yesterday. Oh. yesterday with the Beatles. I didn't see oh, that. Oh yeah, he's, he's had his hand in a lot. Cause I just quickly googled him. Maybe it has to do with something like marketing between like the British and the U.S. Mark like yeah, uh, yeah. Not economy, but whatever you call us rom-com lovers. They just, like, maybe no, don't market as much to us. Thing probably makes love actually a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to any listener who also has not seen Notting Hill yet, I highly recommend it. Come over to the, come across yes. the pond. Come across the pond. <laughs> you will love it, even if you don't understand some of the British slang in this movie. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's a sod? Yeah, yeah. So, there was something else. I can't remember what it was. There's something else I Googled, and there, it was like essentially like screw this, but in a really like frou frou way. I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> it's very, yeah. I, I, it was, I don't know. I had no idea what I was missing. Yeah, it's amazing. And it was really, it was, it was a really lovely movie. Um, so why don't we talk about iconic scenes? Um, yeah. Either one of you guys, what do you think was your most? Uh, and I, was like, I know you have one, so I think. So you're... okay, so I like the garden scene a lot. I don't know if it was like iconic, but I'd say that, um, you know, it's like it's so funny because just how that starts. Like he's like, oh, you know, you can't go in there; they're private. And then she <laughs> like starts to jump, and he's like, you know, he's oh, you know, it's not it's kind of difficult. Whoopsie! And then Whoopsie she gets daisies. over. Yeah, yeah. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> daisies. She's like, oh, I can't believe you even then, like what in the fifties? <laughs> he says it again. Oh, whoops, the daisies! I didn't say that. Yeah, it's so funny. There's so much chemistry too in that scene. That whole like, I love that scene, and I love the song in that scene. Yes, uh, it's, it's so sweet. The um something that's interesting too about that scene is you really see, like leading up to it, you can see her opening up a bit more. Yeah, you really see her like let her not I don't say let her guard down, but like really let her guard down. And and so the special thing about Julia Roberts and this movie really reminded me is when she smiles, her like whole face lights up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean she was in that. She movie has movie. this way of like when she's like she could. I mean when she doesn't smile, she's very beautiful. Um, but when she smiles, it's like... Her smile is amazing. It really draws you in. 
it's like it's like your 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 heart just starts glowing yeah and i think it was that scene where he does like the whoopsie daisies where you just like really see that come out yeah. like we saw little glimmers of it before but that was like her on like her i can't not smile right now and i kind of like you brought this up and it reminded me i kind of like that she wasn't the most smiley like she had been through a lot and julie roberts is someone who she herself is so likable i think she's not afraid to play unlikable characters. Yeah. So, my best friend's wedding, she's essentially splitting up a happy couple. Yeah. You know, this movie, she's kind of mean sometimes yeah, to the she, Hugh Grant. Yeah. She's moody. Really, remember he says, oh, yeah. I think we'd be great other than your Maybe foul temper. temper. Yeah, she has yeah. a temper. Yeah, I like that. Um, she's not like, she, like, she says that she's like a little hot-headed and has to keep that in control. Right. And it's almost like the whole like celebrity thing. She has to keep herself subdued. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah. Or keep herself on mute, and it kind of made. I don't know. I have a lot of. I, I have a lot of thoughts on I this. Say, this thing I have a lot. This movie says a lot about celebrity and what it means to be a celebrity and what you kind of sign up for when you become a movie star, even if you only yeah. want to. Act. So we'll definitely talk about that. But yeah, I agree with you, Jen. That's a good scene. Um, you guys, I like can't even do a favorite scene because I would just reenact the entire movie. Like, <laughs> let me let me tell you yeah, from the opening. No, literally, when I started watching it, I was like, okay, oh, the, the, when they're introducing her, that scene, and then I was like, oh, um, him talking about his life scene, and then I started just writing every scene down. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> opening credits yeah like, literally opening credits and closing so i love how it comes full circle with the she song but probably so if you didn't give me a limit i would re literally reenact this whole movie and it, this podcast would be two hours long but um if i could choose like a 20 minute stretch which is a little bit cheating i love the dinner party into the garden scene i love that oh yeah i love how she's just having a good time you know i think the new york times review one of them picks fun at they're like oh it's kind of Silly that the best thing, best, you know, most enjoyment uh, a movie star could have is smiling wordlessly at a dinner party of ordinary people. But I don't know, I could see where that would be fun because yeah. he had a great group, they had all these laughs, and she was like probably experiencing the first quote unquote normal night yeah. out in her life where people, you know, for the most part, other than his sister Honey freaking out at her a little bit, and I think she was supposed to sort of represent the audience and what we would do we were kind of being uncool in that situation but for the most part they were just like oh yeah Hannah, okay cool i love when they screamed after she left yeah. oh yeah that was hilarious I was you really like, oh they do that every time after yeah. I leave. it's really annoying yeah, they do yeah, i love how you always try to smooth things over and just normalize whatever like he was just like okay each of the friends each of the friends conversations and interactions with her i loved i love the stockbroker guy being like oh yeah he's oh, like he had no idea who she was really i didn't know that's such a british thing to say and i liked even just little moments like um bella saying what do you think of the guinea fowl? And she was like, I'm a vegetarian. And then she tells the husband, oh, it's the best guinea fowl I've ever had. And you can see this look in Bella's eyes. Like, oh, she's actually a nice person, you know? Like, yeah. there's some subtle acting in that. And in the garden scene, I don't think I have to repeat, but I love it for all the reasons Jen does. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I have to go, have to go with that as my favorite. All the first and last scenes are also amazing. Mm -hmm. It's montage. Yeah. Dinner party I like when it's, um, it's like, this is Anna, Scott. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of people would say I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy scene. Yeah. That's known as the iconic line. And it almost reminds me of a little bit of Grey's, like, um, pick me, choose me, love me. It's a very similar kind of tone. Um, but yeah, that's not my favorite, actually. I, I would almost put even the meat cutes and like, 
you know, when he catches the shoplifter in the bookstore. Like, oh, yeah, when he's like, pull the book yeah. out from under your trousers. Yeah. <laughs> what, what book? The one in your trousers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dear Rufus, you belong in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So many funny moments in that scene. I love when, you know, he says, oh, signed by the author. You know, if you can find an unsigned copy, it's worth a fortune. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that one. That's such a British thing. Yeah. It's a British, British humor, at least in my understanding. Yeah. I love British humor. It's, well, it's so so about when he was He was like, yes. oh, this book on Turkey is much better. It, like, there's a funny story, like, this author's actually been to Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a funny story about a kebab. Yeah, there's a very amusing kebab story, and then she buys something else, and he's like, yeah, good choice, don't have any of those uh, annoying kebab stories, like, you see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how could she not kiss him? It's really cute. It is Um, really cute. First watch, Helia, what's your favorite scene? Um... I mean, I was gonna say the dinner party scene. I like that one. I like vaguely remembered as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say maybe that's why it's like very iconic. Was that it like stuck with me even like as a disinterested ten year old? Um, I like. Yeah, you know, we you talked about like is probably how she experienced normalcy. But another layer to that is like. So she's someone who I think epitomizes the curse of success. Yes. And like all the sacrifices you make and everyone at the table had some kind of personal challenge, right? Like William yeah. and his bookstore and um, what she said was like, it's not doing well. And then you had Bel- uh, Bella with, you know, she's in the wheelchair and they do the whole, br- like who gets the last brownie thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like the first time she could, it was like she can experience normalcy but I think she kind of missed that. You could tell she kind of just like missed being around people who like really s- still understood what it was like to struggle, if you will, and it yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah. When you're when you're successful, that. when you're successful to the level she got to it, it's almost like you're now not allowed any flaws. Yeah, not publicly. At the table, it was like it's okay to be imperfect. Yeah, not publicly because if she, I mean, it's one thing if a normal, quote normal person is imperfect, but if she's imperfect, like she said, it's splashed in the news, it's on file forever. It's a really different scenario. And I thought it was an interesting choice and probably a conscious choice that she seems very isolated in the movie. She's either alone or with her PR people. She doesn't really have a friend or anyone she can confide in. She's um, very lonely. She she has a very lonely life. Kind of, Kind of like that Britney Spears song, Lucky, you know. Yeah. It seems very glamorous and she's so beautiful, but she really doesn't have, um, from what we can tell, a lot of people to lean on. I mean, just the fact that the only place she could think to go was, you know, Williams when she was in a kind of a crisis and she'd gone on two dates with the guy. She really didn't have anybody. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that probably that table is the first time she felt that little bit of community. Yeah, um, and like people who weren't just around there to take or be also like I mean everyone who like her, you know I don't think her publicist was a bad person you know she they came and rescued her from the paparazzi when they showed up at William's store um, and her publicist was or the a guy who was at the press conference and yeah 
Um, he, you know, you could, these are all like people who are looking out for her, but it's not really the same sense because they're also just doing their jobs. Right. Yeah, she could feel that, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's she's not allowed any mistakes, really, and exactly what you said. It's that's why she gets so worked up over these pictures, and right. she kind of calls out William for it, like. I it's thought a that was luxury. It's, it's a luxury he has that he can ignore these things. Right. She's like, you've been dealing because he says my friends in the wheelchair have some perspective, and she's like, yes, but you've been dealing this ten minutes. I've been dealing with this my whole ten life or ten yeah. years. Our perspectives are very different. Well, that's such a sad scene too. It is a sad he, scene. She's like, I'll regret this forever. And he's like, yeah. And his face in that moment. I mean, one thing I noticed from oh, watching heartbreaking. His acting, just with his face, facial expressions, is amazing. I mean, the face he makes with the scary setup girl, like the one eyebrow, and then the face. <laughs> makes, the, Wait, the one with the um, let's get sloshed. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what kind? Red or white? Red. And he's just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And he's just like, like, oh my god, who is this chick? But yeah, panic. Just <laughs> something to hurt him, or you know, the boyfriend shows up. Like he had a lot of just. Very, I thought, great acting just with his facial features. Yeah, he's, you could really see his skills there, because he, he doesn't do too much with, like, the muscles necessarily. It's, like, something with his eyes, no, he's and, like, like, a and he's not doing, like, look. a pouty face or, like, even a tear. It's just, like, the way... He can just do a flicker like, just with his eyes. Yeah. Um, but he's still so polite to her. He's yeah, still he's so, so polite, or he's not like he get turns, out. He turns he's her like, down. okay, then, like, I guess this is goodbye. And yeah, like, even, even when he turns her down, it's really nice. And then when he says he'd be hurt, he couldn't recover from it. She's like, oh, okay, that's a real no. Like, he's so nice about it. It's a little bit hard to even, I mean, it's hard to even so think of him nice. him, But yeah, and actually, another thing I like in the dinner party scene is there's some moments where I think it's kind of art imitating life or life imitating art and that probably it's not a stretch for Julie Roberts to be this character because she kind of is this character. She yeah. is a movie star and it, maybe she hasn't had plastic surgery and she hasn't been on a diet her whole life but I'm sure she's made a lot of personal sacrifices to get where she yeah. maintain her career. I mean kind of the deal you make with the devil when you're a celebrity is you kind of have to maintain, we talked about this in prior podcasts, you sort of have to maintain your looks to keep getting work and to stay young and there's so much of pressure with that and also just in her real life, she ended up marrying kind of a normal guy. He was in film industry, but he's a cameraman. Like, it's just kind yeah. of funny that she ended up with quote-unquote yeah. something normal. Not another actor. Not another I know actor. that they, when they were casting, I think they they had no one in mind except Julia Roberts. Yeah. And, and they, they were think surprised that they got her. Yeah. But I think when she read the script, and actually Hugh Grant said the same thing, once they both read the script, they were like, I have to do this movie. It's going to be a yeah. great movie. And it was the highest earning, I think, British movie, like, to date when it came out. Like, it just did really well yeah. in Britain and elsewhere. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hugh Grant, I think, I don't, I didn't follow his career super closely, but the way he said it in interviews is he needed a little bit of a jump start. Like, he was sort of hadn't had a lot of hits recently, and then this really jump-started his career. He just knew it was yeah. going to be huge. I just, I, it, we, we could do a whole podcast just talking about how, how talented Julia Roberts is as an actor, yes. but I agree with you, Mary, that I feel like almost she wasn't really acting much here. Yeah, I thought so. Which broke my heart a little bit about her. Um, I just, I love her. She's like, she's a sweetheart. She is. <laughs> And you can't help for her, even, you know, despite how she trades well, you understand kind of how, why she is the way she is. She's been burned so much. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, especially in this era of Me Too, like, 
in, in some ways, I mean, we'll talk about this in the test of time, but you know, that whole, when those pictures came out of her and someone was filming her when she didn't know it and like she's in a porn and she's like, like that's still very relevant. Like that happened to um, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my gosh, I, I didn't know that, but yeah, and I, I liked how they kind of positioned her a little bit. It, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't like a film, it was that someone hacked a phone and she had sent nude pic. she had nude pictures on her phone, which is totally, like, that's her private business, right, like, right, sure, yeah, like, it's, who cares? That's terrible, that's terrible. Yeah. um, but probably not uncommon experience for actresses of, you know, so high profile, high caliber, um, status. It's too bad. But I liked how Julia Roberts was a little bit of a power player. Like, you got the sense that she had a lot of agency in choosing her roles. She chose a lot of, like, kind of badass female roles, if you kind of looked at what she did. And even in that, the uh, interview scene, like, she's in, like, a power suit. Like, she's yeah. definitely, she's not, she's not presented as, like, this ingenue. She's presented as someone who's made a lot of hits, and she's kind of taking control of her career, and she knows what she wants. Yeah. Well, well, when they do the, um, etc. When they do the scenes with um, with the press junket, yeah, um, when he's horsing out, that is so good. I love that whole. Scene. It was laughing so yeah. hard. Well, she, well, she was wearing a pantsuit. She's wearing a black yeah. pantsuit. Her hair right. is her hair is pulled back tight. Yeah, so she looks like you're right. She's a power. She's she's like very yes. power position, and you know she's I. Julia Roberts herself was only 32 at the time the movie was made. Wow. Yeah, she definitely looks young. Hugh Grant looks younger than he is, because I think he was 39. Does not look 39. Yeah. But, but we need to also talk about Hugh Bonneville. Yes. He looked so young and so cute. Ah. Uh, cheeks. I just want, not he, cute, like, I want to sleep with him. Huh? Yeah, he's, he's a stockbroker. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You want to sleep no, no, I said not cute as in cute, I want to sleep him, cute oh, okay. as in I want to pinch his cheeks. Um, okay, so like a baby. This is like who he played in Downton Abbey. Like, I was I've just like, Abbey. oh my god, he's, well, he's like the patriarch, and the, you know, he has this gray he's hair, very sure. regal, he was yeah. like, you Since know. young, I guess. He just looked so cute, so, but I mean, that was the starkest, like, whoa. Yeah. The, I mean, we're going on a little bit of a tangent, but the press junket whole scene is amazing, and it seems like for most of what the movie reviewers said, not that unrealistic. Like, you do you do ask them those ridiculous questions, you get, like, a glossy little press kit, um, and they just kind of rush you through people, even if you probably don't want to talk to them because you don't know anything about them or what they did in the movie. But I thought that whole sequence was hilarious so because good. the actors are so clearly like, yeah, please tell me what are your interesting, thoughtful questions, and he's just like, uh, I liked the bit in space. I like what what bit was your favorite yeah. film make and he goes well why don't you tell me what your favorite bit was and he goes I like the bit Cheers. She took your flowers. And I said, Oh yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know why you would do this. If you wanted apricots, stop tasting like apricots and it just tastes like honey. If you wanted honey, wouldn't you just, if you wanted honey, you just eat it. And then she says that was the real low point. When he was like, sorry about the surreal but nice comments. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that apricots and honey was the real low point. And then I liked also when she threw it back at him and she met him at the press uh, when he pretends to be horse and hound. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it was nice meeting you, surreal but nice. And she knew he was embarrassed by that and she threw it right back at him. I mean, they do have a nice kind of teasing. So she's very quick-witted that way. I mean, she she's... It's, um... She calls him Flopsy after she hears that. Something that came up in the trivia was that she actually never in the film says his name. She never says oh. well. Which I wouldn't have noticed, but it was in the, Yeah. It was yeah. The I definitely didn't notice that, but I... That's interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there was another funny uh, food line I liked when Spike was eating something, and he's like, <gasps> Oh, yeah. Oh, there's something funny about this yogurt. And then he's like... Yeah, that's a good impression. Um, it's not yogurt, it's mayonnaise. He's like, mmm, that's it. And then he keeps eating. Yeah! <laughs> I don't like mayo anyway. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Like, everyone probably does have like a gross roommate at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that was a that was a fun um digression. But yeah. that so what about best use of song? Gosh. Oh, I like the garden scene song. I like I like you best when you're saying or something like when you say nothing at all. Yeah, it's sort of a yeah. continuation of the same song from the dinner scene, right? It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that almost makes me emotional. Just that part when she's like, yeah. "Come sit by me." Um, I agree. And then I love "She" by Elvis um, Costello. Um, yeah. And then even you know, "Sunshine" is really good. Bill Withers. One of the reviews oh, said, "Oh yeah, that I was gonna say that was gonna be mine." That what, what I felt was that um, there's no yeah, sunshine when she's gone. Yeah. Um, but there were so many good ones. It's hard. I mean, even there's like a little moment where he's like looking at her face on a. And this is kind of a good thing where they capture. It's hard enough to forget an ex. You know, you see things that remind you of them, places, whatever. But if your ex or someone you're sort of still nursing a crush on is this worldwide mo famous movie star, she's on, she's on buses, she's on posters, she's on everywhere. Uh, and even after, you know, he kind of doesn't see her again or he doesn't think he's going to see her again and he sees her on the bus, there's a little, like, song snippet, Once in a Lifetime or something, that they play. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I thought, I think a lot of music was great at capturing the moments. And another great facial acting by him. He doesn't say anything, yes. but he's just he's sort of just, And you can just, you can feel the torment. And I think we can all yes. kind of empathize with that because, yes. you know, not that we, not, we haven't experienced that directly, but we also make every effort when we have a breakup to not experience that. Right. With a person who's not even a celebrity, like right, you just, exactly. like, oh, I can't he take. He kind of says to her, "I don't think my heart would recover. There's too many pictures of you, yeah. too many." And I like when she says, "You know, the fame thing—it's not real." And yeah. It's like, well, like, she's everywhere though. It's so hard for him to get over her. Yeah. And, you know, he says he's only really loved his wife, who left him for someone who looks like Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. and Belle, who becomes his you know, really just his best friend. And her, he says, besides the American, I've only loved two women. So I think he's someone who, he doesn't fall often, but when he falls uh, at all, he falls hard and he falls fast. Yeah. Uh, um, no, so, the, the soundtrack to this movie is definitely fantastic. And it like really, good. I mean, it's, 
it also tests the fact that a good movie isn't necessarily all dialogue. It's like the acting, the right. skills, and, and then, then with the music, it, it, I mean, it gives you all the feels. It's, it's wonderful. It's pretty good. Um, so what do you guys say to taking a quick break and then coming back? In yeah, yes. that sounds like a plan. All right. Hi, welcome back to, to all the rom-coms I've loved before. So we, we're going to go on to our next segment for about ca characters and casting. Uh, Mary, why don't you tell us about, um, about our cast? I would love to. So I'm um, interested to hear your guys' thoughts on casting. Um, Julia Roberts for the part of Emma was actually the, the dream choice, the kind of only choice in the screenwriter's minds, but they never thought that they would get her. And then she read the script and she said, I have to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. And... Hugh Grant, same thing. Of course, he has more of a relationship with Richard Curtis. I think they did four weddings and a funeral before this uh, together. They've done other movies together, Love Actually. Um, and he, I think he's so good at saying Richard Curtis's lines. You know, there's some yeah. actors, kind of like John Cusack, where they, they don't say, like, screenwriters must love them because they say lines not like they're scripted at all, but just like they're yeah. coming to them very yeah. off the top of their heads. And Hugh Grant, I would put in that category. So I'm not sure who he was up against, but Julia Roberts was like the dream choice and she read the script and was like, I could not turn down this role. Well, we talked about how like the movie seemed to mimic a bit Julia Roberts's life. And I wonder if when she read it, she was like, I, what year did she get married for her to- so she's been married a couple times, but I think when- uh, this came out, she was maybe single, and then like a year or two later got the Oscar and was dating Benjamin Bratt. And it was funny because they did another like Notting Hill type interview, interviewing the cast in 2001, and she was like, yeah, like it's kind of realistic, like I could see it happening. You know, I'm dating an actor right now, referring to Benjamin Bratt, but there's like 10 other things I'd list before that he's an actor that I love about him. And then it's kind of hard imitating life, as you said, because she's married to a cameraman. So yeah, yeah. he's in the business, but he's definitely not a famous, he's just like a good looking guy. I think his name is Danny. Yeah. Um, and they but like, he, uh, but there must've been something in the script that really like maybe to her. Like, this is what I want. To like, totally, totally. And I actually, when she tells the guy who asked her how much did she make on her last film? And she said, I forgot she said $20 million. $15 million. $15 million. That's how much she made for Notting Hill. Really? Yeah. So that's another uh, bit of trivia. And it was funny because in the script, it was like $10 million or something. And then like the table read comes, she says $12 million, rehearsals come, she says $13 million. And they're like, Julia, why do you keep upping this number? And she said, I was tired of lowballing. <laughs> and I don't know why, I just love that because, you know, we don't need to talk about it on this podcast, but there's a long history in Hollywood, especially, but certainly other industries of women getting paid less for the same work. Yeah. Sometimes to like a shockingly, you know, great disparity. Yeah. So even though, you know, pro athletes or movie stars, whoever, maybe they're overpaid, if men are making 25 million a picture, then Julia Roberts deserves 25 million a picture. Yeah. You know, she's the true. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts are both kind of, we don't really have these anymore, but they're true movie stars. Like they can open yeah. a film, people will go to a movie just for them, uh, kind of things. And like Tom Cruise, you know, and then now it's sort of like there's, I guess, in a way, it's better because there's more people that kind of have the chance to shine. But I wouldn't say we have many like true movies. That's stars. true. We ha they're like I would put Julia Rouse as like an A-list, right? There are these yeah. like A-list glam, like they're today's or are that that decades like Audrey Hepburn, yeah, um, uh, like Humphrey Bogart. But I I don't know who the who like 
this decade's Humphrey Bogart is. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Ahelia, because I wrote down on my little outline, she's kind of playing herself in this role, but she is. I mean, even if she hasn't had plastic surgery and she hasn't been on a diet since she was 19, I'm sure she, you know, did make sacrifices to... Yeah, and I wonder, because there are definitely scenes where um, Anne is like she loses her cool for a minute and she like they're on the table and she's like I've been on a diet since I was 19 so I've been yes. hungry for a decade and I wonder yeah. if those were also things that spoke to Julia where she just felt like I'm she could sure like tell the world like this is like this is what I'm sacrificing like everyone's getting a piece of me I'm sure they did I'm sure they did so it, it just felt very real and a, we like Julia Roberts is a talented actress we don't there's like no debate on that I feel no. But she, like, I almost feel like in Notting Hill, she didn't need to act. Like, that was her. No, and like Anna, she's notoriously private. I mean, she's such a big star and so yeah. successful in her career in the same way that she doesn't need to call the paparazzi on herself. You know, now we have a lot of people that kind of seek out fame, and she's so much not that way, and neither is her character in this movie. Yeah. I like what you were saying about Hugh Grant. Um, and, like, the way, because that's, that's very true about how it seemed like things were written for him, and he just, like... Yeah, he needed a hit too. He wanted to like reignite. I guess his career was not on the up and up. Whenever this, yeah. So when he saw this script, he was like, this is going to be a hit. I need to do it. I need to like, oh my gosh, I need to my career. Because yeah, I only, really, I know him from like music and lyrics, which was so much more recent. Right. Um, yeah, and he made kind of a diss to Julia Roberts. I mean, not actually, but there was some interview where he had to talk about all of his past co-stars and they asked him about her and he was like, oh my God, huge lips. Like you're drowning. Her lips are enormous. And what? it was funny because someone asked her about it on, I guess it was Oprah or some other interview. And she was like, yeah, not making Notting Hill was a lot of fun. I forgive him for that comment. I would still work with you again. So she's just like a class act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hugh's had his like, <laughs> he's had some He's had some, uh, what's the word? He's had some slip-ups. He's had some, like, what, Leave it at that. like, caught in a car with a prostitute Yeah, or I mean, that's not family channel for this podcast, but yeah, um, we'll leave it at that. So it was funny because, I don't know, have you guys seen on YouTube or has it ever been advertised for you? I always get this advertised for me. Um, it's like, uh, I can't remember if it's Vanity Fair or what magazine it is, but it's like, good. So-and-so goes through all of their most famous roles. Like Anna Kendrick goes through all of her most famous roles. Oh, yeah, roles. I get those. So yeah. I watched that recently. It was recommended for me, probably because I watched Notting Hill by renting it on YouTube. And it was recommended for me. I watched it before this podcast. And it was funny because he talks about Bridget Jones, which I actually haven't seen. But apparently uh, in that, he's more of a cad. And he was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not a nice guy in that. And he's like, I always play these nice guys. He said, in real, in real life, I'm a bit of a jerk. So I felt like Daniel Cleaver was the first character that was a little bit closer to me. So it's like, he wasn't saying, like, I'm a, I'm a douche and I'm a ladies' man. But you could kind of infer, he was definitely closer to that than he yeah. was with what he plays in this. But he plays it so well. So he's a good actor, too. Yeah, he is a good actor. He's like that very... He can, maybe it's the accent or something. He just, or those puppy dog eyes, he can just really convince you he's a yeah. sweetheart. Yeah, and I thought they did a good job casting, you know, the friends and Anna's people and all the side characters. Yeah. I mean, um, his friends, we talked, um, like, Hugh Bonneville. Yes. I mean, he just, it was like cheeks. I'm like, it took me a minute. I'm like, oh my God, that's Hugh Bonneville. He's like, <laughs> he's a baby here. <laughs> I have never seen Downton Abbey. Have you, Jim? No, I have not. <laughs> he's like he's a and Downton Abbey he's like the patriarch he's like silver he's like his children are grown and he's just he's very different he's not this like aloof guy who doesn't know yeah I mean it's weird but a, generation a famous actress in his living in the living room 
it's weird because it's like all these heartthrobs from these 80s and 90s movies that we love are now playing like the patriarchs like I think Cameron and Ferris Bueller is is that in some show I haven't seen too and he just looks like an old man because he is yeah I uh it's, it makes it makes me realize that that's gonna be us. I have to say though, Julia Roberts has an age. She looks no, she has an age. I mean, she looks she she looks amazing. Her I actually recently saw a video clip of her daughter singing. Oh, I've never a classic song, like not a pop song. It was um, it was a Dean Martin song. Okay. And first of all, she looks just like her mother. That's amazing. Oh. I haven't seen her kids. And her voice is so i mean it was it was beautiful it was like so beautiful and it wasn't like auto-tuned or any of that it's just like she sings a little bit stepmom like she can sing oh really yeah i don't don't remember that that. it's very like little moment in the movie but she sings to the boy and then oh this is her daughter sings she's like really cute she's young i think she's like she she couldn't be more than 20 but who knows wow um but yeah, and, like I'm thinking, like Hugh, Hugh Grant doesn't have any kids. I don't think so. I think he's eternal playboy. Like, so yeah. I mean, I guess in two weeks' notice, I thought he was very cute in two weeks' no, notice. Yeah, he was so- a little like aloof. Like he was nice, but he was a bit of a cat. Like how many like ex wives did he have in two weeks' notice? At least one or two, probably two. Uh, we'll have to do that one soon. I love that yes, movie. That's definitely on the dock. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, I think this casting definitely aged well. You can all who played who played his I think some of the other like smaller roles like his sister was such a well casted oh yeah she died unfortunately really oh. yeah because I remember like an article about the movie came out it was like a couple years ago She's oh not that's that so long. sad yeah she looked quite young yeah um, no, no no I think it was a weird you know it was a freak thing or she oh that's so freak. sad like a uh, Brittany Murphy yeah yeah that was weird too actually yeah, and then um, I mean, it was yeah, really, it was a wonderful cast, very well cast. I mean, with the yes. British actors, um, I think there, I remember this is like a little bit of a, another digression. I don't know how many that is now, but um, so a lot of, if you notice a lot of superhero movies, the actors aren't American. They're like British or from Australia. And it's cause like to be in the acting field in the UK is the like- The US is too fast. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, I just, I love the quality, and it's like part of their culture there to be interested in theater. Yeah. I I love all the British actors. I think it's like, it's like a very classy, and you like, it's, you like go to school for it, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. You're like, you're not just like on YouTube. I don't know. I wonder how this is going to change with this whole like YouTube generation, though, that people think they can just like put stuff on TikTok and be whatever I, I know. know give me notting hill over tiktok that's what i right? say right ah uh, good yes well well said mary so, right, so moving on what's the next uh, topic so would we be friends with the female lead not julia roberts would be friends with anna Ooh. we'd all be friends with julia roberts if she'd let us one thousand <laughs> and probably anna scott actually if okay. she let us so anna, although she so, seems yeah. like she seems like a difficult personality and it's probably hard to get in her world but you see in the movie when she turns on the charm she's amazing so yeah. i think she'd be you know like any painting. celebrity she ended up painting to william yeah i mean that was that the original oh yeah i, I think so <laughs> but yeah i mean i think i think she'd be one of those friends that's just like 
you know, when you are in her good graces, it's like intoxicating to be around. Yeah. I, I would say probably yes for me. Yeah. Jen, how about you? Would you be friends with Anna Scott? She seems unreliable with plans because I you know, Jen hates that. She's like, yeah, she's just it seems like uh she's like, Oh, my time is my own, you know, my agent yeah. is, I I don't know if I could deal with all that BS. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a hot take. Um, I don't know if I have the patience for that. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. It's like, what kind of, it would be a very one-way friendship. For sure. For sure it would. Like, I think, you know, I, I mean, She's I've probably one of those people who's, like, close friends with people she works with, because she's so yeah. famous. It's, you know, like, Meghan Markle, I think her best friend is her stylist. Like, it's just yeah. probably someone like that, where you have to sort of already be in her world. Exactly. Cause just because it's, I mean, logistically, it's just nothing against that. It's just like logistically, it's easier to be there for your friend when you're physically there and when they're also in the world and can understand. I think Mary and I, um, we talked about, so we've been friends for the better part of a decade. We're in yeah. the same kind of career and like there's this kind of mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if someone's not in that world, I mean, I don't even think, like, just seeing all the challenges dating someone had of dating someone normal, that's probably friendship times 100, but I don't think Anna is, like, going out to brunch in Beverly Hills with, no. like, gal pals. Like, like, she's yeah. very private life. <laughs> I can imagine. I was talking with someone about um, Emma Watson, because she yeah. went to Brown. Ja- so Jasmine went to Brown right. with her. Yeah, our friend Jazlene, who, shout out to her, and I hope I you join Jazlene. the podcast, Jazzy. I love Jazlene. She's definitely coming on the pod. Yes, please. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she, she, you know, she went to Brown with her, and it's I, something I feel like could be hard for Alan Watson is trusting people to be, because you make your friendships in college, it's like, who can she trust? Yeah. I think yeah. she mostly yeah. was friends with other famous people, if I had to guess. And I think it's easy for us on the outside to see that as, like, snobby, but on the other hand, it's like... No, it's like they don't understand they're not in that world, and they kind of never yeah. will be. Like, if if it's not someone else famous, they're probably close friends with someone famous adjacent, like, you know, an agent or the kid of someone famous or someone yeah. who gets it, so to speak. Someone who gets... I mean, it's, it kind of happened in Notting Hill, right, where William was respectful of her, but then Spike went off and told people at the pub. I know. Spike. It's kind of cute how he defended Spike and was like, oh, he wouldn't do that. And then it turned out that was exactly what happened. Um, well, I was like, this cover, he was like, he, but he didn't do it to make money. No, but it was bad. I mean, there's probably the one moment in the film, and there's a lot probably, but there's only moment in the film that kind of strained credibility for me, and I was like, that wouldn't happen, was her being like, oh, you're up to something. I'm going to go to the door in my underwear. Like, she was so guarded. I don't think that would Yeah, happen. she, like, that was a strong that was That up. had to happen for the plot, but, like, yeah. That's yeah, a good point. No way. She's like, so, pri- she's so private. She has so much trouble to go there. Like, no. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it's like, I know that she thought that was a safe place, but you have to, like, you always, you have to assume when you're in that position, you have to assume that nothing's completely safe. Yes. So, yeah, that, that, that was, that was definitely done for the purpose of the plot. So, Helia, are you saying you would be friends with her, or? I think I would be, like, friends, but with realistic expectations. Yeah. I wouldn't expect her to when I'm having a hard time to, like, console me. Yeah. Like, I'd much sooner call 
you. Yeah. But like, if she was to like to my who, door like, and was having a hard time, I would yeah. I would be there for her. I, I think, think that you'd almost have to be someone who like knew her before she was famous. Like I think yeah. about this sometimes. Taylor Swift has a best friend who's like from growing up, you know, together. Yeah. They knew each other before. And it's like, it must be so weird to have your best friend be someone who's so famous, like Taylor Swift. And she was in her wedding and all this and all these photos come out. And it's really just Taylor Swift in her bridesmaid's dress because nobody cares about this friend. Like she's not being yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just, you can, probably, you can probably never lead a normal life again. Fame is definitely a double. Yeah, I remember life. being annoyed by this. I remember when Taylor Swift was a bridesmaid for that girl. And I remember being like, uh, like imagine having Taylor Swift as your bridesmaid. She's more beautiful than you or whatever. It's like the people that are <laughs> at the wedding aren't going to think that. Like people no, the no, the photos, the the photos came out and it was all about Taylor Swift because she's the, you know, A-lister. Yeah, but that must have been hard. For, and I was like, I partly blame that on like the media, you know, they didn't yeah. have to like, phrase it that way. It's like, look, yeah. you can also phrase it as like, look at Taylor Swift being a supportive friend and like. I know, she's obviously very good. Making the time, being a bridesmaid is a lot of work. It is, quite frankly. And like, she yeah. made time to do this for her best friend. She could have easily been like, I'm, I'm too good for that. She knows. She's been a bridesmaid a few times. It's uh, uh, fun, but it, yeah, it's working. It's definitely fun, but yeah, I mean, someone like Anna Scott, could she be in your wedding? It'd be tough. Yeah, I guess let's do that with Jen. Would you have Anna Scott in your wedding? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my mom, I love my mom. This is not a knock on her, but you know, she was young when she got married and she didn't have a flower girl because she didn't want them to take attention away from her. A flower girl times a million would be a movie star. Yeah, Natalie's laughing, but it's true. <laughs> I love your parents. Yeah, they're great. They have a great story. Um, yeah, you guys have, but you guys are recently bridesmaids for your sister, so. Yes. Yeah, but doing that made me be like, I need a career change. Like, I should just plan parties. Well, Helen is very good at that, too. I mean, she kind of did event planning stuff in college. Oh, fun. Yeah. Like, if you want to, if you want to take care of things for me. <laughs> yeah. It's much different when it's like your own. It's like, uh, but so, oh. so, I mean, what, what about, let's, speaking of weddings, would yes. we date slash marry the male lead? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Jen, I want to hear your answer first. What? Oh, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so cute. His friends are nice. Like he already has a house with a blue door. That's a perfect setup. Like I'm all on board. Yeah. Uh, this was the hardest yes in terms of like a, the strongest yes for me so far in this podcast history. Yeah. Like I wrote down, he had me and my wife left me for someone who looks like Harrison Ford. <laughs> and I, the writing's so clever because then later there's a reference to Indiana Jones. Yeah, he, exactly. And he's just really cute. And I wrote down, he is so my type, it's painful. And <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's because but is he is he is he tall enough mary how tall okay. is he yes so i wrote down he's tall i wrote down he's tall he's lanky he wears glasses dot 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 sometimes that's my type is he tall enough so true like, okay. yeah. i don't think i don't think that tall of guys though you guys i do like average that's okay oh my gosh <laughs> Jen does. Jen is. You guys can't see it on the past one of the videos. Jen is very has a very okay, skeptical well, like. This is like people attack me for this, but whenever anyone calls me quote unquote height supremacist, you know what I say? I would date Zac Efron, and he's like my height. 
Of course, you put your threshold for a shorty. No, there's no such thing as too short, but yeah, I mean, probably taller than me. You know when there's the crazy, there's the um, crazy hot scale, like the hotter you are, the crazier you're allowed to be? Well, there was a tweet that was like, is someone good looking or are they just tall? And I think that's really <laughs> so you, Mary. Oh my god. That's not me though. I haven't dated any tall, ugly people. Like No, but like I feel like they look more attractive to you because they're tall. Sure, it helps. It augments it. But it's not well, even tall, it's lanky. It's like they have to be skinny. <laughs> well, Zach Efron isn't skinny. He's like lumpy. What? Get out of I mean, here. He's, he's, he's muscled. He has lots of, you know, he's not, he's not lazy. Okay, so, so long story short, I, yes, I would definitely date him. What about you, Halia? <laughs> I, I, like I, I like how she shifted it away from a I don't know if this is a podcast. We can't talk too much about the phenotypes of my exes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'll give this to yeah, you. They all, they um, all yeah, they like, all. Of course, of course, I would date him. Of course, he's so they cute. All... He has a bookstore. Like, on last episode, I was like, I want to own a bookstore. He has a travel bookstore, and I had him. At, I didn't have him right away. I had him at the kebab when he said kebab. Yeah. Do you want to hear some funny kebab story in this? Actually, one. when we said Hugh Grant, it just made me think of this. So I always liked Hugh Grant. I still do. This didn't like turn me off of him. But at one point, someone told me my dad looks like Hugh Grant, and oh. I was like, I don't know how to take that. No, but I don't think so. I think he just looks British because he's also gotten Paul McCartney. He's gotten this Irish actor, Aidan Quinn. Like he definitely has like an Irish. Yes, Aidan Quinn. I would say he looks more like Paul McCartney. You don't look much more like Paul McCartney. More like Paul McCartney, and Paul McCartney and Hugh Grant don't look alike. No, they don't look alike. But yeah, I don't know who told me that. Maybe it was my mom. <laughs> Maybe it was wishful thinking. He's, she no, was he's like, got, oh. he's gotten it though outside of the family too. Brad Pitt. Well, no, but I mean, I don't know. I'd rather a Hugh Grant than a Brad Pitt. I don't know. That's, that's... Are you, I, I feel like Brad Pitt, uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, is it based off physical or personality? Like, well, okay, also, we're not doing Hugh Grant. We're doing William, William. William Thacker. Yeah, I think William's so lovable. I would definitely pick William over Brad Pitt. In like any of his In movies. the long run, but yeah. I'd want to like, mess around with Brad Pitt but you'd like mess around with Brad Pitt and then you like marry William later yeah at the same time I would never cheat on William yeah between Hugh Grant and Brad Pitt Brad Pitt I mean now sure because Brad Pitt is a genetic anomaly has aged really well but yeah okay so but even like person even back then like his personality yeah. like Hugh, if Hugh Grant was this cat I'm like if I'm gonna have a cat I'm gonna he have Brad Pitt as my cat he was a cat but I think he was in a long-term relationship with Elizabeth Hurley for a while oh really I think so anyways okay so we'd all date Hugh Grant <laughs> or sorry well, we'd, we'd all, all date William yeah we'd all date William I think that's a no-brainer I, I didn't even we don't talk about these you know the answers to these before the podcast so it's always a surprise but yeah. I knew we were all gonna say yes. yeah he's just like he's so lovable and sweet and like Jen put it that blue door yeah love it, love it. and, yeah, and it, I do believe in like judging a guy based off his friends I don't think it's insane that like my I love my life partner's friends Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and, and, he I, and they did such friends. a great they did such a great job of seeing how, showing how yeah you know, it's a stereotype that like not everything in Britain is better than everything in America but when you're one example of an American is her you know ugly American type boyfriend who's just you know the worst you're like well, yeah of course she'd prefer to live here yeah right I mean that was Alec Baldwin 
Yeah, uncredited cameo. Probably just went That's to insane. He looks yeah. so young. He looks great. He looks really young, yeah. Um, okay. What about yes. unsung heroes? Who is your unsung hero? I think, Helia, you and I have the same one. I gotta go Spike. Yeah. Because he's integral to every kind of major event that moves the plot along, you know? He's, um... He and he threw himself in front of traffic. Yes. I was he gonna literally threw himself yeah. in front of traffic. <laughs> yeah, so like there's that. And then also he's the first one who's like, yeah, you are being a daft, you know what word. Um, oh, yeah. And, and he's the only friend that's like calls him out. It's like, you're an idiot for turning her down. <laughs> and he needed that because they all were like, yep, never met her, never went to all this stuff. This is crap that even they don't believe it's coming out of their mouths. And, uh, yeah, Spike is like, you're being an idiot. And when the most idiotic character in the film is telling you you're being an idiot, you're really being an idiot. Oh, my God. He, and he just, he made me laugh so much. Like, his yeah. t-shirts at the beginning. Yeah, that was funny. Like, um, he just, he had some... He had so many great moments. The directing traffic, passing along the phone message, which was crucial. I mean, at least he did say that some American girl named Anna called. And, uh, yeah, and then, like, kind of smaller shout out to, like, Anna's um, PR people. I liked them, and I liked the hotel front. Um, oh, the front, the guy at the front, front desk, desk, he tells not Pocahontas. Yes, and then he's like, but, um, you know, like, uh, she's giving a press card. Like, he kind of tells her where he is, where she is. Yeah, he, I think he can tell, he knows, like, this is You recognize him. Yeah, which I thought yeah. was funny. Uh, Jen, what about you, Unsung Heroes? Yeah, I think I think Spike's a good one. Um, yeah. I was going back to the phone message, which was so funny because he did forget her name originally. <laughs> yes, so funny too because he's just like it was just the weirdest thing. Like she gave herself a completely different name. And yeah, she said, like, "Hi, Anna, call me at the Ritz." And then she has <laughs> absolutely no idea. <laughs> Gone completely. Spike remembered when it was important. When he was on the phone, he was like, "I think it was Flintstone." has ever been such a slam dunk but i feel it's, like he's an obvious one it's spike it has to be spike oh god wait one of my favorite was when william's really sad after like anna dumps him for the first time um, or like there's the i think it was um or when she has when her boyfriend, boyfriend showed up and then he's like sitting there and spike's just like trying to talk to me because like talk to me and then he tells him about like law like feeling right. like he's in love and then spike goes and he says he feels like he's opened this Pandora's box. Yes. Like William says. And then um, Spike goes, I knew a girl at school called Pandora. Never got to see her box, though. <laughs> and it's like William spilling out his heart to him, and Spike would turn it into a... Yeah, he's really not the person to tell your, you know, deepest... But he tried. Story. He tried so hard. Yeah, I mean, I thought they captured how, you know, sometimes you, someone you live with, you're not necessarily, like... You're kind of thrown together. Yeah, and then he like, I love how he goes in front of the cameras in his underwear. That was hilarious and, too. And then, and then he's like, yeah, look good. He's like, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Nice foreign products. He's so good. Yeah, he was really good. And I thought there was a lot of like, I mean, I'm sure it was partly direction too, but like kind of subtly good acting from him. Like, even um, when her, this honey, his sister comes in, is like, oh, I have the number of her agents. 
he kind of hangs back and it's like he still senses Will's probably mad at him for um yeah outing the story also, kudos so, yeah. for Will for not like you know holding a grudge with Spike no he doesn't even really blame him is the funny thing it's just sort of like you know, he sort of, it's almost like he thought that their relationship was not going to last anyways, and he sort of accepts yeah. it. I think he was just sad it was short and so quick, and it feels like he, it's, you know, you just with certain people, you have expectations, and he, I think yeah. he knew Spike didn't have bad intentions. He didn't, like, um, stab him in the back. I think he just doesn't have a filter. Right. The other thing, like, the wetsuit thing was hilarious. That was hilarious. It's so true, too. You're, you can't find anything, and then, you know, as soon as you need and it. I feel like it captured that roommate experience, like, that awful roommate experience where you're like, are you, are you using my toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened to me, but. Something like that, though. Something. Yeah, I mean, Spike, slam dunk, unsung hero, um, Bechdel test. Yes. So this is an interesting one. Jenner. Wait, let's review what the Bechdel test is. Yeah. Um, so basically, to pass a Bechdel test, the movie has to have two female characters in a scene talk about something other than male characters or a guy or men in general. It has to be about something else. And this was the first movie that I was like, uh, it might not really pass. The, I mean, part of that is because it's mostly about Will. It's not mostly about Anna. Um, so he's in essentially every scene, but there's a small moment, I don't know if you guys remember this, like at the dinner party where Anna and Honey talk about, you know, I think like they could be best friends or she says she knows a lot of cheap places, but then she says, Mary Will, he's a really nice guy. So I was like, oh, it doesn't pass. Or oh, barely, no. It's barely passing, like a C minus or a D, but I would give it an F. I don't think it really passes. No, I mean, it, this it doesn't speak to it doesn't speak to it being a bad movie. I mean, it's just, it's more Will's movie, for sure. It's, it's not, it's, but ironically, I would still call it ahead of its time for as a feminist movie. Yeah. Because it, like, focused a lot on, like, how, you know, the Me Too movement. Yeah. And, I mean, this is before even, the like, Me her, Too movement. Her, her history and kind of sexism. Exactly. She talks um, about how, like, I think at one point she says, like, she's had a boyfriend that hit her. And yeah, then, like, every heartbreak. Moment, but it's, like, pretty dark. Yeah, like, she has that really... And then, you know, her, the video, the pictures that she took to make some money, and she didn't know someone was videotaping, and now it's considered porn. No, I'm, and, like, I'm the so way glad. they objectify women's bodies. Yes. Um, um, but, yeah, I'm so glad they didn't do this. But one thing that came up in my research, and I was almost horrified when I read it, this the screenplay, originally, Honey was not going to be William's sister. She was going to be, like, a fling that like was worked at the record store across the street and basically Anna just represents a fantasy and is unrealistic and he picks honey at the end oh I know like would have been a totally different movie that's a I different mean, movie that's a different movie that's not even a comedy <laughs> <laughs> I think they made that wasn't that movie it's like it's like my date with something something President's daughter? Oh, maybe that one. <laughs> but he ends up with the president's oh, daughter Tad, too. Tad Hamilton. My dad loves yeah. that movie. He's a Tad, win a date with Tad Hamilton. Yeah, win a date with. Yeah, Trevor like, Grace is like the nice guy, and Josh Duhamel yeah. is like the. Cat. I don't know if yeah. seen it, but I'm assuming she ends up with Trevor Grace. I saw a little bit of it with my dad like years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just it's no. I mean, I want the fantasy. Like, give me yeah. Julia Roberts or give me no. Dad. Um, but that's so, a yeah. totally different movie. <laughs> right. 
passing the vegetable test it wouldn't make the movie necessarily better because it is williams movie i don't think that it failed is an indicator that's a bad rom-com because i think it's actually one of my favorite rom-coms that we've discussed i would honestly say like it just wasn't applicable like you said because williams the main narrator it's his movie it's it's like about him and it's like you still have a lot of this friendship and i guess i don't know if there's there's i, I don't know if he has conversations that aren't about anna but that's okay because it, I feel like almost yeah. like for a male equivalent, it's it's kind of nice to see the men, male story be centered around a woman. Yeah, I mean, a lot of his conversations are about Anna and just about, you know, being single in general and how hard it is to find someone. I mean, that's what the kind of how he talks to his friends when he stays the night. And um, yeah, it's nice to see guys open up like that. Yeah, it's, and you know, it it does still, I feel support women in other in its own ways by a more of a third person point agreed. of view agreed yeah um jen what about what do you what are your thoughts like how because i know you i mean you watch this movie while you're young so you, yeah. you weren't thinking about things like the bechdel test <laughs> i didn't even know what the bechdel test was um i like i listened to your first episode of the podcast oh really you guys explained it but I had never heard of it oh my god well I read too much I read too many movie reviews probably I don't know how I, I read know what it was in general so uh <laughs> no yeah. um, but like you know I were there things that you felt um like as a woman resonated with you differently watching this um, and um hmm. then like when you were a teenager that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Um, I, Wait, sorry, can you get a little closer to your mic? Oh, sorry. I feel like not so, not so much, and I don't know, that's just because I haven't matured much, but... Uh, <laughs> that's not so true. No, that's, that's so true. I still watch, like, high school dramedy. Okay, well, that's true. That's not, that's not a sign of maturity. Never have I ever, so we, nobody has a soapbox to stand on, oh, and that's yeah. the yeah, I mean, I just kind of like all the points you guys made. All right. Um, anything else we want to talk about before moving on? Um, um, yeah, let's talk about the tropes. Like, okay. what were your guys' like notable tropes you've noticed or good use of a trope? Ooh, something awesome that you said in a prior podcast, Helia, is that I'm also noticing like anti-tropes or like subversive tropes. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that she kind of made all the first moves, if you will, like kissing him, asking him out, you know, saying no, but then saying she was available and asking him out, inviting herself yeah. to the dinner party. Like, yeah. there were a lot of those, but then there were so many traditional meet-cutes, like, yes. you know, the, the, in the, in the store, and then also, like, the orange juice kind of crashing into each other, that's a meet-cute for sure. Everyone kind of pairing off at the press conference and kissing at the end, even, like, Bernie kissing that random girl, that reminded me of, like, Never Been Kissed. Like, there's a lot of movies that end that way. Um, what about you, Jen? I really just thought of the OJ one because that's I feel like you see that everywhere where it's like oh like I tripped and fell I fall and I have to like I need help from somebody or like there's yeah. some where there's it's um Jennifer Lopez and she, her shoe is stuck in oh uh, wedding planner yeah that's a neat yes. for sure and then is it Matthew McConaughey somebody comes and like wrestles yes yes but yeah it's like 
Uh, yeah, and there's like a ton of little ones, you know, all the double takes and people not recognizing her at first. Um, Hugh Grant defending her honor in the restaurant. Oh, that was her, very cool. her like already having a boyfriend, but he's not a real obstacle or anyone that we worry about. Yeah, That's kind of like there's always another guy peripherally in the picture. Yeah, and yeah, but the subversive one's definitely her making all the first moves and like inviting him to come up and him being the one like it's a bad idea. Yeah, but that was interesting. I think they 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 find creative ways of like you're expecting the trip and then they're like, well, J.K. Like it's almost like this game. Like, all right, we'll give this one to you, but then we're not gonna give. Exactly. And I feel exactly. like that's why it's, like it's enough to keep you like the things that we love about the genre. It keeps us there, but then we still have a lot of some of those twists. Yeah. Um, and she Sorry, went. Exactly. This wasn't so much of a rom com trope, but a rom trope. But the whole like these roms love in the sex scenes like showing the woman's back like there's this whole like i would say it wasn't even a real sex scene it's kind of like a pg movie yeah yeah it's a pg but these like pg movies that want to show like a love scene like (laughs) just the whole back thing like you just see her like the clothes gently coming off the back and it's kind of meta because they talk about stunt bottoms and and stunt backs in the movie like it's sort of it's sort of meta yeah yeah um Sorry, I keep accidentally pressing the pause button. I don't think I missed too much, though. Um, maybe we take a quick break and then kind of... Oh, are we... Oh, we're... Are we still recording? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, so let's move on to our next segment, The Test of Time. Does this movie pass it? Um... What do you think? Will this, will our children be able to watch this and have the same feelings? I think so. I feel like we've already talked about this a little bit, but this movie holds up really well from the casting to the script to nothing about it really feeling too dated, which is kind of incredible achievement considering how old it is. Um, And I, I don't know. I feel like if I had a daughter in 20 years, she would still like this movie. Yeah. I was thinking that too, that it's like me, like even We've, we've mentioned a few times now, but even like Anna Scott's experience with the paparazzi is still so relevant now. Right, exactly. Like maybe if they, like if it was made now, it would just include like Instagram or something instead. Like Yeah, or it'd be like a YouTube star. They'd have to modernize it or or flip the genders and make him famous. I don't know. I don't think a remake would be as good. Like I feel like. I don't think a remake would be as good though. I really don't. No. What do you think, Jen? Do you think they can remake this movie? I think if they did, it would be more fast-paced, if you will, just because I feel like when I watch movies that were made in 2020 versus 99, I believe, right? People's um, attention span have gotten worse. Yeah. yeah, it's like you have to go quicker from scene to scene. You have to go quicker from line to line. Like, it has to be yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, Our attention spans have, have diminished greatly. Yeah, yeah that's so, a good point. I'd rather okay. see a sequel to this movie than a, a remake, honestly. I'd yeah. rather see what and William are doing. Well, I don't, I, like, what sequel would it be? They should we see the ending. Like, that kind of takes away later when we do our, like, That's what I mean. I don't think you can. I don't think, yeah, you're right. I don't think you can, because there's they put a bow on it so well. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's it's one of those movies that's so good, it's like you want to spend more time with the characters. And I, I love that you kind of got to see that happy ending, because I don't think that, I don't know if that scene was all the sequence was always in the original script. Really? Yeah, like it might have just ended at the press conference, which I is feel like it, good, but it's so good with that ending. I think if they do, if they do anything, I would just love to see like the ninety minutes of cut stuff. 
like what the stuff they cut out. Yeah, so like the director's cut is like three hours, and I'm like, I would love to get my hands on that. I would love to see the director's cut. Yeah, I feel like these sorts of things are always reserved for like sci-fi or like, you know, the superhero movies. And like, what about I want a rom-com director's cut? I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. It's I demand it. We need to make. We need to have like rom-com cons <laughs> just comic cons we need rom-com to con would be amazing it'd be us and like a bunch of 50 year old women probably <laughs> yeah it's my because, favorite demographic I feel like everyone who likes this movie is probably our age or even older i love it. yeah oh my gosh and then we can get some publicity for our podcast we can meet our fans it'd be awesome I mean, I would love to know who's listening that we don't know. Yeah, I would love to meet people. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, So yeah, I think we all think it held up pretty well. And it sounds like we all thought that it was, um, it's not really dated, which is. No, I um, I don't think it's dated at all. This is definitely a huge contrast from our last episode. I know, but I mean, really nothing about this, the, th- the themes, even like the clothes, like it's not that dated. No, they keep it pretty, like, they, I think they knew they had a classic on their hands. Yeah. Or maybe that's what makes it something classic is, and, you know, and I definitely, I, I've said it, I'll say it again, I've already said it is, I think it was really ahead of its time. Yes. The way that it like focused on the over-sexualization of women and like the domestic violence that women are, I that was like a little blip in it, but, and then even like how William's this romantic, um, I feel like that's something, I mean, I don't know. I feel like generally like the, the stereotype for men is they're not this emotional and now like culture shifting to allowing men have Totally. Entitled to their feelings as well and be the romantic one. And you have William, that's like, he goes, I've only been in love with, other than, he goes, other than the American, American. I've only been in love with two women. Yeah, I don't know why that one was his best friend's way because then one of them goes off and marries my best friend. Yeah, that sucks. But they're all friends now. Yeah, they're all friends. But she was very cute. She was like, oh, I didn't like you that much anyway. (laughs) What's she going to say? Her husband's right there. Yeah, Yeah, even seeing... Seeing like you have a do have a, a someone that's um, like in a wheelchair and like seeing how like love handles like their little story is also cute. Yeah, and I, I like how it's like, not really that's not really part of time. her personality. Like you kind of forget about her being in a wheelchair until the very end, and they make it a thing that kind of helps them get into the press conference. But there's like a lot more to her, you know, than that. Yeah, I think she was a lawyer. It's like, she was something. She, she was a like a professional. She for sure had a high-powered job because they show her getting ready for work. And she's she like, definitely, because at one point he like hands her something and goes, they're guilty. Yeah, I think she's a lawyer. I think you're right. I think that's why I thought she was a lawyer. Yeah, but like, but the way her husband treats her. Yeah. And like, I was just thinking like, that's, love and I think no wonder William like that's no wonder he has a high standard yeah they are goals as the kids would say (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're at our final segment burning desires any little moments you got anything we haven't covered yet any like um things about this movie you cannot let go Um, I liked the bit in space (laughs) (laughs) No, Jen, what did you like? Um, Yeah, there was one line I really liked, um, and it's when the friend is cooking dinner, but he's like, Mm -hmm. he's awful at cooking. 
he's like, you see all the smoke, and he goes, Christ, what's going on in there? <laughs> that was funny. I laughed out loud at that. I was, I watched it alone. I laughed out loud. That was, that was really funny. There's so many good lines. I mean, even Alec Baldwin, he gets in, can you adios these dirty dishes? I remember my dad always liked that line. <laughs> the guy in the bookstore anything in the bookstore was like just pure british oh my god his like helper in the bookstore yeah and like the guy the guy that was like have you got um you know the new john grisham well no it's a travel book oh right have you got winnie the pooh <laughs> and then and he comes, comes back in, in and, and he's in like don't even think about it <laughs> I thought first you were talking about his assistant at the bookstore. Both of them, both, I mean, both the, uh, the people that patronize the store and the assistant are, like, comedy gold. I mean, I didn't even talk about this, but, like, the Demi Moore confusion. Oh, like, yeah. oh I love that, that movie, really Ghost. Funny. Yeah, that was really funny. And when he's like, yeah, I couldn't stop the author from signing it. If you can find an unsigned one, it's worth an absolute fortune. Like, that's very British humor. Oh, just I love down, the British. everything. But yeah, what else did I like in terms of little moments? Um, this is like more of a cute thing, not a comedy, but I, I love the bench where yeah. it says for June, who loved this garden so from good. Joseph, who always sat so beside good. her. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Oh, I also wrote down, Jen, what the hell is going on in there? And I wrote, we've all been there. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I, maybe not Jen has, but sometimes I overcook things. Um, <laughs> I put out a few kitchen fires. We won't get into that, but I put out more than one kitchen fire somehow. Oh, give it to me in yards. That's a funny line. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and he's like, "Oh, we'll have you back on the street and spick and span in a non-prostitute way." I thought that was a little bit of a Pretty Woman reference. Yeah. Um, which I thought was clever. Little little clever line. Um, just a very little moment where he sees her on the side of the bus after the kiss and it sort of like captures when you are reminded of someone that you're just not quite over yet. I mean, usually we're not seeing them on the side of the bus, but there's different things that trigger memories and you're like, ah. Um, and then also when she went to the birthday party and she's holding a Tiffany box. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but that's- oh, I didn't notice that. It's no. like really expensive jewelry. And I was like, oh, that's so cute that she brought, like, you know, you never that's go out to get- really cute. She brought a little Tiffany gift for Honey who she's never met before. It's just like really cute. Oh. Um, and I like, I like how they don't vote, and like, Honey's just so excited to see her and wants to be best friends and isn't like, oh, stop. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's funny. She's like the one person who kind of reacts how probably they're all feeling inside, and she's just yeah. not cool at all. Um, and then, yeah, we might have already talked about this, but the whole press junket, like, so many funny little moments there. Like, oh, oh she took my flowers. Uh, oh, yeah, she did take my flowers, bitch. <laughs> Um, Hugh Grant's face at one of the setup dates where the, the girl's like laughing maniacally. He has this face, he has so many funny facial expressions in this movie, but he has this one that I had to pause because it's like one eyebrow raised and just like sheer terror that I thought was really, really funny and I just couldn't stop laughing at. And then finally, my favorite line maybe in the whole movie James Bond never had to put up with this shit. Yes. <laughs> Everyone telling him like what's the best way to go, which is totally realistic. <laughs> Something that we haven't talked about is like how Honey just decides she's gonna marry Spike. That did you guys think that just sort of came from nowhere, or like it just sort of seemed random? Like, by the way, it's you. Yeah. yeah. The only inkling we had was when didn't they go into the bookstore together at some point? They oh, did. That's yeah. true. Maybe they, I guess they do spend a lot of time together, and she, they maybe do. She just... And they're both oddballs. But I was surprised. I actually thought there were a few moments in the script or in the movie that show that Bernie likes her like they cut to him 
when she says that she's marrying Spike and they show him like kind of you know bashful that she likes his hat or she likes his gift like, I think he's I could be wrong but he looks like he's kind of carrying a torch for her maybe I want yeah I'm very curious to see the director's cut I'm telling you there are all these side all, stories I mean I'm sure it's a rich text for us to parse it's I or you know maybe instead of doing like a sequel they could do like a spin-off like I would love I would watch a movie about any one of those characters the characters yes which is not usually the case with side characters um they're amazing I just what and also the horse and hound thing like he looks at the mag like he couldn't just think of any like he works yeah. at a bookstore he couldn't think he of anything any. except he horse and hound doesn't. I mean he says my my life ruined because I don't read hella magazine like he's not yeah. a guy who's up on his celebrity knowledge oh but I get but that's what made him so endearing to her yeah I was also I liked I appreciated how their wedding was seemed low key. Like her dress was quite simple. I actually hated her dress. Like, oh yeah, I mean it's not cute, but it's simple. I can't even talk about it. I hated her dress so much. It was cute though how they had in the wedding cake. It was like a, a violin playing goat on the wedding cake. I don't know if you guys caught that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she she goes, oh, it's like happiness. He goes, yeah, I guess a, a, a goat playing right. a violin is love. <laughs> Yeah, they have a lot of moments where you're like, yeah, the guy, they're believable as a couple. They do have a lot of cute moments. They're very cute. I'm like, I wonder if her, has her husband in real life is that kind of like isms. I think it's art imitating life. I really do in some it's, ways. Yeah. Um, any, any other thing? Anything you can't let go of? Jen, anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to? No, I think you guys, you guys covered it all. Something I don't think we covered is him going to the movie theaters with his goggles and oh my God, she like I was laughing and throws the popcorn at. That's and something I remembered. See. I remember from when I was a kid. I think I was like in, like I was in the living room while my parents were watching and I remember that scene. Yeah, I think I just feel so genuine. I, I like, remember like just loving, yeah, pretty much any scene where she's either making fun of him or he's like in awe of her like that's what I kind of remember the most it feels it feels very genuine like the way she just cracks up yeah um also the movies that she was doing before the Henry James one did not seem like great movies no I didn't want to see any of them really <laughs> like why was she taking so long to walk to the end of the space thing like he's just watching her walk like, even from the press junket I could not tell I was like what is this movie about what is this movie about like is it a adventure movie is it a drama like it just I could not tell it was clearly one of those overblown you know big budget Hollywood movies yeah but beyond that I couldn't really get a sense of what the heck was going on and then, even when she's like reading the script with him for the other movie that I guess is supposed to be the one that's supposed to be in the submarine right but I guess that was the whole thing. He then is like, oh, have you thought about doing something by Henry James? And then she does. And then that yeah, and she's like, it. oh, yeah, do you, you think I should do Henry James? He's like, well, no, I think, I think this is good, too. I think you'd be good in this. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, this wouldn't happen to Henry James movie. He's like, well, the movie's poor for it. Like, he's no. so many ways of just making her feel good. And yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was cute. I, thought, I like that whole scene where they're rehearsing. It's kind of like, you know, when someone, you have someone quiz you or something you're studying and they, they don't really know what's going on, but they're, like, trying to be supportive. Yeah, I have Jimmy's birthday. Johnny, like... Yeah, so time to <laughs> I really think if, if we were to hold a class for guys for how to be a good partner, like, in Hitch, mm -hmm. just oh, yeah. 
characters, I'd be like, this is a good role model. And that's like William Thacker. Was it Thatcher, Thacker? I think it was Thacker. The funniest yeah. part, actually, we didn't talk about this, but also when he's like, um, this gentleman, and someone's like, Thacker, William Thacker, and he's like, thanks. That's his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll realize it's him is so great, too, and they start taking pictures of him, and she just kind of shrugs, and it's like, well, and they're just oh, smiling and right so happy. Such a good ending. Such a good Such scene. Such a good ending. And it doesn't, that's, a, that's another anti-trope. Um, they don't, it doesn't end with a kiss. It doesn't. I mean, you see them kiss plenty throughout the movie, but it's, you know, the big moment, it kind of is the climax of it. They're pretty far apart. She's up on that, you know, whatever She's press conference thing, And it's really cute. Any, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Jen. Uh, about how to be a good partner. There's another, just the fact that he, you know, bought her flowers, like. Yeah, uh, I thought that was so sweet and so simple. It was adorable. You know, it's just the best feeling. Guys yeah. don't do that anymore. Like for a and date. The fact that she's so famous and he probably kind of already knew she'd have a lot of flowers, but he got her some anyway. Like it's really sweet. And she's like, no, they're great. Like you can tell she's touched. Yeah. She's very, that's really sweet. And guys definitely don't do that anymore. No, I mean, the contrast is her, you know, uncouth kind of ugly American boyfriend who, you know, he makes like a weight shaming comment when she's ordering oh, yeah. food service. Like he's terrible. Yeah. There's such a uh, contrast between, you know, he's like the nice guy. Yeah. I mean, the weight shaming thing. Oh, but it, it, he didn't last too long. No. <laughs> thankfully, he's mostly there for comic books. Yeah. Um, all right. Lingering questions. I know the movie got tied up in a nice bow, and I think we touched on some lingering questions, like with between Spike and Honey. We do. And even can you be friends? Like, can you be, we could be best friends and how people really. Yeah you know, the nature of celebrity, people think they could be close with them. Like, that was one of mine, but I feel like we already, we already touched on it. Um, but yeah, I have a few if you guys want to answer them yeah. for me. Um, first off, is it that easy to crash a press junket? They made it look pretty darn easy. They made it look very easy. I don't like, know if that was like, British. He wasn't even supposed junket. to interview anyone, and they're like, oh yeah, let's rush you through. Like, it just seemed like chaos, which is probably accurate. Yeah. Um, and you get these- I don't know. I don't think questions. I have the balls for that. Yeah, I mean, it would be definitely be a strange thing to be thrown into. Um, this is the second time he, like, he did have a harder time crashing it. Like, he had to have his friend. Yeah, the set is, I think, definitely a more controlled environment than a press junket, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one was just kind of, like, your thoughts on a line where he goes, it's as if I've taken love heroin and I can't get it again. Do you think that's a good way yeah. of describing how you feel after... I guess it's not a true breakup because they weren't really dating, but when someone's out of your life that you were sort of... So I, yeah, I, I, I always true. say love is like a drug or it's like a high being around someone. You yeah, I know. I think it's true. I absolutely think it's true. I think that's a really good way of thinking about really... Maybe, I don't know if I'd say... Yeah, no, I think that's true. But I think like it can happen with... the. the let me take a step back. I think the thing to be clear though is it can be with love that's good. Yeah. But love does not equate good or happiness. It can also be, this can be the situation with right. toxic love. Like when you're in love with a toxic person and can't let them go. But you're and on I a think high with something them, so like that's very, like yeah. And it, this is actually very relevant with victims of domestic violence. It's, 
mm-hmm. they are in love with their person some like mm-hmm. some of the time and it's they keep going back in the same way that like you know with addiction for um people you know with that disease so it's e- always like easy to judge someone like why do you keep going back to them i think if we see love as a drug Right. And if it's like not a healthy one, a healthy relationship. So yeah, I absolutely think that it can be like heroin and you can't get that high back. And and especially like if you're in a long term relationship and with that person, it takes a lot yeah. of effort to keep that that passion alive from when you f- had your first kiss. Like I think anyone right. who tells you like, oh yeah, we still kiss, like our first kiss is like totally lying to you. It's not to say that never happens again it like definitely happens like you can still have that spark back but it just you have to you have to put effort to it every day you have to decide you enter that you the, the, like putting effort into the relationship is a decision yeah there's it's so not, much excitement at the beginning I agree yeah and, it, and it's not to say that the passion isn't there later it's just it changes um in the same way like i mean think about when you had your first i mean you know with kids and sugar it's, yeah. it's not just necessarily, I mean, that's it's kind of has the same thing to our brains as um, drugs, but. Yeah, I've never kicked the sugar habit. Um, oh, yeah. I definitely haven't. Me neither. <laughs> Me, uh, I am such, I have such a sweet tooth. Me too, it's so bad. Uh, uh, I don't know, I mean, I feel like maybe, I'm the type of person who, when I fall in love, I fall in love hard. Well, that, well, that, that kind of brings me. Oh, sorry, dog, sir. Oh, that's okay. Um, that's okay. I'll cut this out. <laughs> well, that kind of uh, that kind of brings me. Here, I'm gonna mute myself. Okay, that kind of brings me to my next question. When you said falling in love, um, do you agree with this? Because I definitely do. He says something to Belle and her husband Max. What you guys have is rare. The chances of loving someone and they love you back minuscule. What do you think about that, Jen? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've said that, Bumi, our family has said that. It's like, so. It's a numbers game. Yeah, it's so surprising. It's like that the person that you like likes you and not even just likes you, but is interested in like the same amount. Like, I get to know you and yeah. you know, me. Yeah, you know? so true. I feel like it's either, you know, I don't know if you guys like How I Met Your Mother, like Settler Reacher. I was thinking of that episode. But, ah! like, it's like you're either reaching for someone or you're like not into something. Oh, yeah. So it's so hard to find someone, as Jen says, who's kind of the exact amount of interest as you are. Yeah. Just because a lot of it's timing and, and chemistry. And, you know, you don't no, have to I, I, I agree with that. It's rare. It's so much of a probability game. And unfortunately, right. I feel like I do see a lot of, I have seen people stay in relationships. Thankfully, I haven't seen too many people get married where it's like, they just feel like their their likelihood of meeting someone isn't that great so they settle yeah and it's not even like a knock on I mean part of it might have been yeah it's hard to come down from Anna and and date someone you know else but also I thought it was interesting that they had that last girl in there who was just like perfect in every way and he still wasn't feeling it like that happens a lot yeah I mean online dating that we we may have talked about in the last episode but online dating never worked for me because I really needed that spark so like and it's hard to find, and you don't know if you have it unless you've met, I would you say. You meet in person, and yeah. it seemed like it. What he wasn't, especially because he, he hadn't seen her movies, 
he didn't follow magazine. So I don't think he was in love with her just because she was. No, a he was like, he was like, of course I knew who she was because she's so famous. But that, that's kind of what he said. In the that's all. But I think he really loved her for who she is. Like, yeah. and I think he almost in a way saw, he saw another side because he saw she entered this bookstore like very privately, saw someone who's scared and yeah, and is a little lonely. And I think that's what he he can tell he's just like a very kind person i mean look who all his friends are they're like yeah he's a good guy i think he saw someone who just maybe could need someone good like good people Mm -hmm. yeah it leaves a lot of lingering questions to sum it up it's like i think a few that we hit before was yeah what is going on with spike and honey um I know like still don't know still don't know it kind of um, is like this deus ex machina like out of nowhere they're suddenly married or engaged Hugh Bonneville was he in love with honey mm-hmm. another unanswerable question good one that's like a good yeah and then um uh, can do you believe love is a drug like is it like a shot of heroin yes and then your I think your last question's a, a wonderful one too and really thought like I think in this especially with this era with the age of marrying getting higher mm-hmm. like I feel like every it's it, people are getting married old and older it, yeah. um, is it yeah. kind of true love and sustainable love um is that is that really rare yeah I remember um well and also like I think a lot of this movie has it has a lot of interesting things of uh, to say about celebrity and can celebrities really be with non-celebrities and live normal lives and it's a really calm i think the answer is really complicated yeah um answer but yeah i mean a lot of like you know we kind of already touched on this with emma watson but i think a lot of celebrity is about wanting to be normal and not being able to have that where you i mean where she can probably just go into a bookstore and not be bothered by anyone and say anything to her it kind of reminded me of um there's a story someone we went to school with, Nate, I remember telling me one time about how he was in the New York Public Library and there was this girl that was like, you know, totally dressed down, t-shirt, jeans, Yankees cap, and was like, she's really attractive. And she's reading a book and he kind of got a little bit closer. He sees that it's Scarlett Johansson. Wow. She's totally dressed down. And she's reading the book of some character that she ends up playing in a movie. So she's probably doing research. Oh. But, but how crazy is that, that she was just alone in this room in the New York Public Library? That's and and she probably, like, I mean, it's really, New York Public Libraries can be real beautiful. And it's like, I don't blame her for, like, wanting to enjoy. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, to shut them down. Right. Yeah. Celebrities, they're just like us. You know? just like, Ricky, Ricky went to a jazz show and sat next to Scarlett Johansson. Oh, she's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she's everywhere. I was like, oh, did you go on a date with her? And he's like, no. And like, you didn't talk to him. He was like, no. Like, I just like, well, she was just trying to enjoy the jazz show. And like, he, Ricky would like, just be cool about it. Yeah, that's great. I think, I think this guy was too. But it, I think about that story sometimes when I think, when I see pictures of, you know, celebs are just trying to blend in sometimes. They're just, they want to, Scarlett Johansson just like wants to read a book at the public library. And yeah. Um, so I don't know, are there any other lingering questions or, or anything you guys before we do a little wrap up? I think that's it. I mean, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Yes. If you have, if you any have questions. lingering questions, comments, suggestions on next movies, or email us. I think we have a few in pipeline. But do you have? Have you seen the director's cut? Or can do we get our hands on it? Yes. What is happening between Honey and Spike? <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I would love to know. Wait, I do have one last lingering question. Oh, yeah, please. I want to know about what the baby, she's like pregnant at the end when they're laying on I the I love that she's pregnant at the end. It's so and she's just cute. like the cutest little pregnancy bump. I don't know. I just have a feeling it's a girl. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I have a feeling it's a girl. Um, but I have no, it's completely unfounded, um, you know, assumption. Yeah. What do you think? What would they name it? Oh my gosh, probably something really simple. Like, I know celebrities usually do weird names, and I think Julia Roberts um, is an William and, William like, and are, keep it simple. Yeah, hers are named, like, Phineas and Hazel or something like that. But, um, but no, I feel like it'd be, like, Grace or something very... Yeah, oh, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, so that's our show, episode three. Thank you, Jen, for Thank joining you, Jen. us. Yeah, big shout out to my sister, Jen, for joining us on this podcast and watching the movie and it was great having you and recording some of it in person yeah. together. Thanks. And yeah. thank you you guys for introducing me to this movie. And we introduced Jen to podcasts kind of. <laughs> yeah. You did. So <laughs> introductions all around. I mean I think when we made our Excel spreadsheet, Helia, I could not believe you hadn't seen this movie. So it was very high on my list of like Helia, we need to make sure she sees this. Hey Jen, thank you so much. Renee with busy schedule and yes, um, appreciate it. It was nice to have a conversation with Mary and then Helly it was just a delight to, you know, get back in touch. So Yeah. It was so much fun having you on and um I'm glad we all loved this movie and made it really fun to talk Listeners, about it. last time I saw Jen we went bull riding in Brooklyn. <gasps> that was a years ago. Riding. Oh my god. It was years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. Oh. So, you know, when this pandemic passes, maybe, maybe and, I, and I think you returned from Mexico, so you were, like, really excited that there was, like, this beer at the bar. <laughs> yeah, you have a good memory. Probably the Tecate. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. So, right, well, you know, we could reminisce all time, but our listeners are going to be, like, <laughs> we'll, WTF. We'll off air. I'll, I'll stop recording, but this was, this was great, and thank you, everyone, who made it to yeah. the end. Thank you. So definitely email us. The emails are in our description. If you have any, again, questions, comments, answers to our questions, especially we will, if anyone has a director's cut. We'd love to see it. We'd love, love we will, I don't know what we would do for it, but we'll like fly in it somewhere where we are. <laughs> yeah, I can't promise anything, but we would love it. <laughs> we are very poor. We can't actually provide you that much, but we'll give you a legit shout out. We will we're, give you a legit shout out. We're in debt. We're in debt. Okay. So <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.